what worked a long time ago, principally based, still works. But how we go about it, how we build that out in community, and how we use today's advancement to develop ourselves is completely different. You and I, Nikki, our challenge today is to not get so enamored with yesterday that we can't be inspired with tomorrow. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an amazing guest lined up for you today. This is a gentleman that I am proud to call a new friend. His name is Mark Cole. He's the CEO of the John Maxwell Companies. This is the man that John Maxwell, a previous guest on this show, has teamed up with and trust to help him take his amazing message of leadership and love and unity out to the world. Welcome to the show, Mark. Man, I'm telling you, Nikki, that truly, I, I looked at my schedule early this morning and I knew that I was going to get to participate in something that's not only changing and redirecting my thinking around leadership, but it's changing every one of your li- listeners. And that is thought leader revolution. Nikki, you are doing just that. You're aggregating people and making us all think differently. Proud to be on the show with you today. Thankful that you let me share a little bit of my story. But more than that, glad to be a thinking partner with you for the next little bit. God bless you, my friend. I'm excited to have you on the show, my man. The few conversations we've had have always left me feeling inspired and pumped up and full of energy. So let's get right to it. Listen, the listener to this show, Mark, is a man or a woman. They are either thought leaders or aspiring thought leaders. Every single one of these folks is someone with a big heart. They want to make a difference in the world. They want to make the lives of other people better. They got into business specifically for that reason. And what they want to do is they want to learn from you as our expert guest. They listen to this show because every time we've got an amazing guest like you on, and pretty much every week we have an amazing guest like you on, they get to learn from that guest. They get to take that person's learning into their own lives and into the lives of the people that they serve. So the impact that you have isn't just on the people that are listening, but on all the people that listen to them. So there's circles within circles that keep growing. It's absolutely incredible. But before they can fully appreciate everything you have to say, they got to get to know you a little bit. I know you a little bit, but they don't know you. Tell us, how'd you get to be the great Mark Cole? Well, so thank you. Thanks very much. And and I feel great rubbing shoulders with you and your listeners. But I'd love to even refute that statement. However, I get to do great things. I get to do it with great people. So I will I will take on that cloak of greatness by process of association. How about that? That sounds awesome. Uh, I love what you said right there at the very beginning. And it is why. It's why I'm on the phone with you. It's why. It's why I do what I did today. It's why. And it is this adding value to leaders who multiply value to others. You're exactly right. When you and I effectively 
interact today in a way that inspires the people listening. We're not just inspiring the listeners. We're inspiring families of those listeners. We're inspiring the the workplace that you and I may never visit. We're inspiring people two, three, four, five generations down. And truly, Nikki, I mean, that's that's why we do what we do. Let me tell you what I get to do today, and then I'll go back and tell you who is this guy, Mark Cole. So I am the CEO of seven multi-million dollar companies. Uh, five of them are companies that I helped John Maxwell start. They're all in our family of businesses. We've taken John's intellectual property. We've instructionally designed it so that we can, with different mediums, impact different markets. And and so we have created six for-profit companies, two nonprofits, and uh, I'm the CEO of all of those. But it didn't start there, Nikki. As you and I have talked about before, really, it was May 1st of 2000 to where I joined John Maxwell's organization. It was called Enjoy Then. That was the name of the company. Sure, I remember that. Yeah, 19 years ago. And I joined the company as an entry-level telesales representative. Wow. John John was starting this event called Catalyst for Next Generation Leaders. He was doing about 25 events off of his new book at that time, which was 21 Laws of Leadership. And they brought me in. I was in the nonprofit space. I was doing a lot in the faith community and uh, had done, done a lot with denominational leaders is what they call it in that community. And I was doing a lot with them around events. So they brought me in to work with leaders to make our training solutions a part of their development plan. And so, man, I, I was on the phone 75 to 100 times a day with different people inviting them to make Catalyst and other events John was doing a part of their development plan. Brand new in the business world, I was 30. I was just starting over. They put me in a stock room with three other guys and uh, back in the warehouse where all the books were flying, we had a little area to where we were calling people to get them to come to events. And of course I could belabor the point, but John has created an environment just like this, Nikki, just like what you're doing with Thought Leader Revolution. We are creating environments to where people that want to, that have an appetite, that have a hunger, that have a passion, those that want to can do something for themselves. Hmm. And I'm a product of that. I got put into, invited in to an environment as an entry-level telesales rep. And over time now, I've pretty much led at every place in the organization till finally, I think John just said, good grief. Let me see if I can finally find something that he can do. (laughs) Nine years ago, he invited me to be the CEO of our then two companies. And we've now grown it to, again, seven companies, multi-million dollar companies, six of them here in Atlanta, one's in West Palm Beach. And I work with one of the greatest teams around. That's an incredible story. And, you know, you, you spoke with me privately um, uh, on another occasion, Mark, and you told me about the fact that um, you're a man of faith. And uh, John's a man of faith. I'm a man of faith. And one of the things that really has you do what you do and be so excited to do it is because your faith tells you that you're here to make a difference for your fellow human being. 
And that's a big part of what moves you. And I know that every single person that listens to this show is moved to make a difference for other people. That really is something that colors every decision you make, every decision John Maxwell makes. Everything that you do is is about making that difference. That's in the DNA of the entirety of the John Maxwell group of companies. Isn't that the case? Boy, you could I, I couldn't say it better, and I'm trying to live it, Nikki. Um, you know, I, I grew up, I talked a little bit about the first 30 years of my life before I came to work for John. And I grew up trying to convince everybody that I was right. I tried to correct everybody. In fact, John says it like this, most effective leaders, especially in the faith community, but really in any area, are better leaders when they connect with people more than they try to correct people. Hmm. And isn't that true? I spent- So true. I spent the first 10 years of my leadership, so from 20 to 30, I spent trying to correct people in every area of their life. And and it was when I came and joined John's team that I realized that connecting with them and actually building a relationship with them, touching their heart instead of asking for their hand, all the cliches that we've heard, Nikki, it was really when I was given that opportunity that I realized a faith because you asked me about that, a faith can really be contagious or it can be repelling. And it has very little to do with the theology around the faith and very much about the carrier of that faith. And what I wanted to do in this season of my life is to really attract people to me rather than try to correct them to me. And back on one more subject on this faith, but I now have such a degree of friends and family that come at faith from a different perspective and yet can respect each other in that pursuit of a faith that works for me. And man, it's more liberating. I'm enjoying the journey. You know, I love hearing you say that because I do my best to live that. And I got to say, there are days when I, when I go into correction mode more than I should. <laughs> I'm just being completely transparent and honest yeah. about that. And it's powerful to hear this as a reminder that it's it's far more important to connect than it is to correct. And thank you for sharing that and revealing that to me and, and to my audience. Because I believe that when you go out there or when I go out there and I do my darnness to live up to my ideals, I'm going to fall short, you know, uh, <laughs> Christ says we're all sinners, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Not that this is a, a, a religious podcast, but you're not expected to be perfect. You you are expected to realize when you make mistakes, and and you are expected by yourself, hopefully, to to do everything in your power to become a better version of yourself. Because at the end of the day, what the John Maxwell companies are all about, what all of John's writings are all about, is he speaks to the greatness within. And I know you speak to the greatness within. And when you speak to the greatness within, lo and behold, the greatness within comes out. Yet, if you speak to the small person within, if you speak to the person that's not perfect, if you speak to the person that makes all the mistakes, then that's the person that's going to show up. Boy, that is so true. And how long did it take you and I, I know for me, to, to learn that? Even in business, when I go in and I create such a rigor 
are such a system, a bureaucracy. Uh, this is how we're going to reproduce results. We talked about a little bit before the show today, we talked about John's book, Leadership, and I know you've talked about that and given it to some people, but John talks in, in leadership about options or plans. A great leader has a plan, but an even better leader knows how to shift to a better option to make the plan better. But I, back to the point that we're making, so many times I lead, even in my business, I lead as if my plan is non-negotiable. And what happens when I lead from that perspective, I have a non-negotiable plan. I've thought through this. I took my year-end review. I did a planning retreat. I've got all the great minds around it, and we now have a plan. And when we make that plan more important than the end goal, what happens is we strip people's ability to be creative on the fly. We diminish people's desire to give input to better the plan because they just get their hands slapped. They get they get corrected rather than that connecting that we're talking about. And I have learned in, in the conversation that we were just talking about, about faith, I've learned it absolutely in the business as well. The better leader, the better talent that I attract, the more I have to have an options-based leadership approach. I have a plan, but I always allow people to bring options to make the plan better, even as we have already implemented that plan. That's really powerful, man. I'm learning a ton from this already, and I, I'm going to implement some of this into what I do with uh, with our team because it's it's there's some there's some changes that are taking place within our organization right now uh some wonderful changes and and one of them has come from my better half my better half works with me she mm -hmm. is she she is an incredible woman you know she decided in her mid 40s that she wanted to to do something with her time because she wasn't busy enough i'm being a little facetious here and uh -huh. she decided to go set a some world records running on a treadmill and she's done three treadmill 12-hour run world records. Not for her age group, for all women, right? Wow. 12, would you imagine running on a treadmill for 12 hours straight, Mark? Would you like to do that? Because <laughs> <No. laughs> let me tell you, I tried the first hour with her the first time, and then I sat down, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> totally. And so she's realized that one of the groups of people that we help are folks who are uh, – experts in health and wellness and own a practice of some sort there, maybe a chiropractor, a naturopath, a, uh, some other multidisciplinary wellness approach. And these folks, they really want to make a difference for people. Every single one of them is in business because they want to help people. They want to help alleviate people's physical suffering. They want to help people have the best level of health that they can have. And they want to stand out. They want to be sought after. That's our new... That's our new tagline, E-Circle Academy, be sought after, right? How oh, do you, what do you think? It. It's good, right? I it's, love it. I love I it too. It's really cool. It's really cool. So Teresa said to me, because we had a few of these clients, she said, Nikki, I think we got to create what we call a cluster. A cluster in, in, our, in our terminology is the marriage of a target market, a particular message that we have for that market, and a method of delivery. And she said, we need a new cluster and we need it to be for clinic owners. And I'm like, cool, I love it. And 
you know, we started to like approach this and this was nothing we'd ever done before. We'd always only worked with primarily coaches and consultants and those kinds of folks, right? And this group of people though, I'll tell you something, Mark, not a lot of people are looking to serve these folks in how to be better business people. There's a ton of people who are looking to serve them in, you know, how to do some really cool new things to help people heal faster and whatnot. But they're not being taught how to be better business people. They're not being taught how to be thought leaders. They're not being taught how to stand out. They're not being taught how to be sought after. And I got to tell you, there's a ton of people out there that are in this particular cluster who are eating up the message we're putting out there. And I would have never thought to go after this group in the past, right? That wasn't that wasn't my thing. But Teresa said, look, these these folks, these are our customers. They're loving our message. They're, they love what we're talking about. And we love them because they want to make a difference for people. Let's start approaching them. So you know what? We said, okay, we're going to do this. And this options-based approach is the only thing that would have allowed it to happen. Because like two years ago, I'd have probably said, nah, forget it. Let's stick to coaches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And and how many of us, I mean, go back and look. I love what you're doing. I love that Teresa is challenging you on this. Go back over, and, and John teaches don't have rearview mirrors, so I don't want us to do that too long here. But just to learn, go back and look at the opportunities you missed that you intuitively knew you should have pursued when you saw it, but it wasn't in the plan. I've met with people all the time that say, because I get to I get to run with some very significant global leaders. And I hear them. You do. I, all the time I hear them say, you know, I thought about that idea before it ever happened. I thought about that. What makes us think about something, have an intuitive inclination on something and hinder us from pursuing it? Many times it's by believing too much and holding too tight to a predisclosed plan. And again, please, none of your listeners, my thought leader revolution is not to tell you, hey, wake up tomorrow with no plan. In fact, one of the points, <laughs> I'm, gonna leave, one of the points I'm gonna leave you with today is the power of intentionality. We'll do that a little bit later in the, in the show, Nikki, but I, I believe in a plan, but I am learning that having an options mindset is the absolute best approach. Now, I'm a big, North American football geek. I, I love football, and I'm from Georgia. And Who's so, your team? The Hawks? Uh, well, the the Georgia Bulldogs is my college team, and then You're my joking. professional NFL team is Miami Dolphins, and I love the Fal Atlanta Falcons as well. Atlanta Falcons and the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm a Bulldog fan. You, you know, I told you my cousin lives in Atlanta. I've been to a, I, I, I've been to the stadium there. I love that's, the Bulldogs. That's why we love each other right there. <laughs> In one year, Georgia Bulldogs was beat in the national championship for college. And then that same year, the Atlanta Falcons were beat by the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember that year. <laughs> both teams, both times were leading decidedly at the halftime. You know what changed? The other coach exercised an option. He changed the game plan at half. And then our teams, the Bulldogs and the Falcons, both years tried to come out with the same game plan that they had in the first half. Options is what beat them. And so many times we start, we're halftime in the business, we're doing good and markets change, situations change that we did not anticipate. And we try to continue forcing our plan with market changes and it's not working. 
You know, that's pretty brilliant, actually. And it's good that you put that uh, North American football analogy in there because for, for me especially, it really hit home. There are so many times in life where I've been dealt a hand that I didn't know how to deal with because it wasn't in my plan, you, you know, and I did not do well with it. And I look back and I go, the times where things have turned out well is when uh, I took those lemons life gave me and I made lemonade with them rather than saying lemons suck, <laughs> you know. It, it, it's so important to understand that options allow you to create something bigger and better than what you thought could ever be possible. That certainly was what happened for the New England Patriots the year that they beat uh, the Hawks. Yeah. The Falcons, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of mixing up basketball and football now. <laughs> <laughs> Both at land, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, it is. It, and, and again, for us in business, we look at, I don't, I don't want to retread stuff that I'm sure some of the great people you've shared with, but look at Kodak who refused to go digital. Kodak said, no, we're in the print picture business. People are going to always want to touch, taste, and feel the picture. They did not anticipate smartphones. They did not anticipate the pass along factor of digital product. And so when that shift happened, you had companies like Polaroid and companies like Kodak that were behind the curve. What are we trying to do in our business? We're trying, this is what you're trying to do with your podcast, Nikki. You're trying to create an environment to where innovation is incubated. Because innovation, a company that feels like that they're on top of their game and their best days are behind, are in rapid decline, it just may not have shown up yet. The world's going too fast for us to feel like yesterday's innovative idea is enough to sustain us over the next two to five years. It's just not going to happen. That's so brilliant. And it's it's even happening in politics, if you look at it, right? And this isn't a political show. We're not getting into politics. But if if you look at politics globally and in the United States in the last few years, your current president, Donald Trump, he was elected. He's the first non-politician, non-military hero to be elected president. He had zero experience, zero expertise. He came in to the political arena and most people thought he was a joke. But you know, the joke was on them at the end of the day because mm -hmm. he understood that people were fed up with politics as usual. And he knew that not everyone was going to like him. But he also knew that if he spoke the truth, there was going to be a segment of the population that was going to respond and respond powerfully. I had uh, Scott Adams. I don't know if you know who Scott is. He's the creator of the Dilbert comic strip. Uh -huh. uh, and he also was the first person back in 2015 to say he thought Donald Trump was going to be elected president, back when everyone's saying, this guy's a joke, this guy's a joke, it's never going to happen, right? And he came out and he laid out a case as to why. And he talked about how Donald Trump was disrupting the status quo in politics. He was speaking truth. He didn't care if he offended people as long as he spoke what he considered to be the truth. And then he came up with these clever nicknames for his opponents that seemed to be off the fly, but they weren't off the fly. They were well thought out. There was enough of an element of truth to them that when 
those nicknames were applied to those people by Trump, they stuck. And all of these people in the Republican Party who were supposed to be these political gurus, right, like Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio and all these guys, he tagged them with these cute nicknames like Low Energy Jeb and Little Marco and in Hillary Clinton's case, Crooked Hillary. And all these people who had so much more political experience than him, he wiped the floor with them mm-hmm. because he was willing to – be innovative in the political world, right? And that's happening all over. It's not just in politics. It's not just in business. It's in everything in the world today. The people who are the innovators, the people who are willing to do things differently are the ones who are going to succeed. And those people who don't adapt are, are, are not going to succeed, even in the world of personal development. John and you have managed to adapt and innovate along with the changes in how people are consuming content, right? And you've come up with phenomenal ideas that have become businesses, multi-million dollar businesses. Yes, there's some people that 30 years ago were giants in the personal development field. And today I'm telling you, they're begging to be hired to speak for five grand. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know exactly who I'm talking about, right? I do. I do. And, you know, it goes back, Nikki, what you just said is so good because it goes back to I've been with John for 20 years, but I've watched him at every juncture reinvent himself. I've watched him surround himself with people that are younger thinking, that are younger acting, that are more relevant in consuming of content And also one of the things that John does that I would challenge all of us, me and you, Nikki, and anyone else listening, don't go to the table with yesterday's meal. Yesterday's message was yesterday's. Get something fresh as a leader, leading your team, as a a strategist, building the strategy for your company. Don't get married to yesterday's plan, yesterday's message. Always be looking for the new idea, the new thought. And I think one of the things that has really created separation in a very crowded world of motivational or inspirational thought leaders like John Maxwell is John's commitment to continue to reinvent himself. John doesn't want to go back and give the same talk. He wants to go back and give a different talk. Here's here's the greatest example of that. Just a, a couple of years ago, he released the book, Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. He had written, in fact, that was the first John Maxwell book I wrote, read at 17 that gave me permission to lead. I read this book and it powerfully changed my whole paradigm as a 17-year-old. John went to rewrite the book to update the book. And as he began to rewrite it, he he called me, he called our publisher and he said, this is crap. And they was like, oh, no, it's really not, John. It's still selling about 10,000 copies a a month. It's, It's okay. It is 25 years old. And he said, no, the problem is the words on the page have stayed the same. And I have grown beyond what is said on the pages. I can't do a rewrite. I've got to write a whole new way to develop oneself on the inside. Here's why. What worked a long time ago, principally based, still works. But how we go about it, how we build that out in community and how we use today's advancement to develop ourselves is completely different. You and I, Nikki, our challenge today is to not get so enamored with yesterday that we can't be inspired with tomorrow.
Oh my God, that's brilliant. I'm going to have to make sure I tell my editor to take that particular statement and turn it into the quote at the beginning to promote promo the show, man. That is awesome. Wow. Thank it's you. It's so true. It's so true. I've been reading a, a book by Gary Vaynerchuk, right? It's called The Thank You Economy. And in it, he, he talks about social media. The book's a, a couple of years old. It's a few years old. But in it, he talks about how social media has been such a game changer. And he, he also says he hates the term social media, but, you know, he uses it because it's it, it, it fits better than any other term. But he, he doesn't think it exactly applies to what this new phenomenon of how people are communicating with one another is really all about. He, he talks about how... 150 years ago, you had the local store and the, the local butcher and the local general store, and everybody knew everybody else. And the proprietor of the store had a personal relationship with all of his or her buyers. And then came the Industrial Revolution and, and uh, you know, mass production, and all of that changed. So that disappeared. You didn't have uh, the same local touch prevalent in the economy, right? But he said, social media is taking us back to how things were 150 years ago, because with social media, you can have that same personal one-to-one type relationship with people. And he said, the folks that don't get this are, are going to be left behind. They're going to lose relevance, right? And the new folks who get this are the ones who are going to get it. And I'm reading this and I'm going, this guy is absolutely 100% correct. We got to, like, I'm, I'm thinking my my organization, my team, and all of the people that we serve, we need to figure out how to utilize this phenomena of social media in order to establish those types of one-to-one relationships, but on a massive scale with a lot of people, right? And have them feel like they have that sort of relationship with us, even if we've never met. And that really is the essence of what you and John are doing inside of spreading your message, isn't it, Mark? It is. It is. It's this whole concept that John said in his most recent book that, that I challenge any and everybody here to not only get the book, but get the digital product that goes with it. It will help you understand that what it took to get you here will not be what takes you there. John, it's, it's a book on leadership, and John gives 11 essentials that every leader needs to make to take their leadership from effective to most effective. And, uh, and and what you're talking about right here is this whole concept of ladder building or ladder climbing to ladder building. You know, earlier early in our career, Nikki, we're we're just trying to climb the ladder. We're trying we're trying to make something of ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, you nobody will want you to help them with their ladder if you don't climb, if you haven't exhibited the ability to climb your own. That's what's wrong with some of our younger thinking. I'm not going to say millennials because I don't I don't believe it's it's true to characterize them. However, there is a thinking out there that says, "Let me go ahead and help a bunch of other people build their ladder and they've never built one on their own." They've never climbed one on yeah, their own. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, it's not it an age-related thing alone, unfortunately. There's a lot of folks that are doing it right now. And we, we it, that could be a whole different topic we have on a whole could. different interview that you and I do together. It is. It could be. But the point that I wanted to make here is when you go and you build your – you speak from a place of success – and you offer someone significance that stems from your success, you have built a ladder for them. 
And that's what that's the common bound. You mentioned politics a few moments ago. We mentioned faith a little bit earlier than that. Do you know people have stopped looking, Nikki, at faith at the faith community for how to do leadership or what real leadership looks like? We've had too many mess ups. We have too many side steps. We have too many people in there for their own benefit. And so the faith community over time has considerably lost its ability to be a lighthouse of good leadership. Guess what? It's that case in politics too. Yeah, we in, we in the United States, but it's across the board, we have totally shown a different way to feel a president's position than to call it leadership. And that's not a political statement for or against. It's just saying we are now living in a society to where Wall Street has disappointed us and abused us so much, at least we believe that, that politics has not served the people, but it served themselves. Of religion is all about correcting people rather than connecting with them. That media is all about one side or the other. That sports, all they want to do is to make an agenda out of entertainment. We have totally, the eight streams that influence society has lost all credibility as being a model or an example of what leadership looks like. So what are we going to do, Nikki? What we're going to do is through podcasts like this, Thought Leader Revolution, John Maxwell, we're going to have to start modeling leadership in community. And those communities are going to begin to gain in momentum and begin to change by attacking or not attacking, by exampling leadership at a place other than Wall Street, Washington, D.C., are in, in the faith community at the, at the corner of, a, of an intersection. And I, I'm just really passionate about things that are doing that and doing it well. Again, coming back, Nikki, why I wanted to be on the program with you today. No, God bless you for saying that, man. It's, it's so true. And it, we are doing what we do because we want to make a difference with, with, for people. And it's always wonderful to hear back from somebody to say that they got something from listening to the show. It's very humbling. You know, at the end of the day, I think God put me here on this earth to live, to love, to learn, to lead, to grow, and to contribute. And I strive every day to do that. I'm imperfect. I mess up a lot. But uh, once in a while, I get it right, and that's that's good enough for me. So. I love it, man. Well, kudos. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, um so, so Mark, this new book is something you and John are really excited about, and, and it, it really opens the door to uh, interacting with your organization in many ways. Why don't you talk a bit about the new book and how people can pick up a copy, and what are some of the other ways in which they can interact with your organization and so forth? Yeah, so what John did is in this book, he really modeled people that have made a shift in their leadership that is significant, a shift from directing people to connecting people. I've talked a lot about, about that today. A shift from ladder climbing to ladder building. And uh, he goes through 11 of those type shifts and he gives us very practical ways to not get stuck in a successful component of leadership, but a limiting one at the same time. And it goes back to what we said earlier that if you rely on what you used to lead and to accomplish what you're accomplishing now to go forward in the future to accomplish more, chances are you're not going to do it. You've got to redefine yourself. You've got to innovate. 
You've got to be around thought leaders that are innovating and revolutionizing your thinking. And so John takes those concepts, 11 shifts that every leader needs to make. And then after giving kind of the concept, he then goes into application mode. And what I love about this book that we haven't done before, John brings in top leaders, thought leaders that have actually done significant transitions and been able to model that shift. It lets them come in and speak to the concept as well as does an interview with them to break it on down. So Rachel Hollis is a gal that's done a lot lately, uh, especially for women in leadership. And then Ed Bastian, the president and CEO of Delta Airlines. John has brought those people in and we've created a digital product around this content, leadership, the digital product. And then I come in uh, behind every shift and in a group environment, we talk through how teams can begin making these shifts in a collaborative yet collective environment that is intent on applying their culture, their environment to these shifts. So anyway, the book is called Leadership. You can get that at johnmaxwell.com. The digital product is the leadership to digital product. And you can get that at johnmaxwell.com as well. Both of them, I guarantee you, whether it's the book, or whether it's the digital product will be something that will really help you in your leadership growth. That's fantastic. Well, we bought, I think, 30 copies for uh, some of our high-level mastermind clients. I, I'm embarrassed to admit I haven't read it yet, but I will make sure that I read it <laughs> soon. It'll go to the top of the pile right now. Uh, I had an opportunity to pick up a bunch of uh, John's other books uh, at a good price. So I, I think I bought two or three other titles, older titles, and I'm going to be handing those out to our clients as well. We believe in uh, leaders or readers, and I think we hand out between 1,000 and 1,500 books a year to clients and friends wow. uh, and family. Yeah, it's it's really important. So, y y you know, I I've written some books myself, uh, but uh, I, I love – I love giving books to people. I've given some of Ogmandino's books. I've given Leadership out. Now we're going to be giving out a couple more of John's books as well. And it, it, it's important for you, listener, to pick up a copy of this book. And in fact, I double-dog dare you. Pick up 10 copies uh, like we did, uh, you know, and give them to your friends. Give them to your family. It's going to make a difference for them. Y you know, uh, Christmas isn't that far away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'm sure that uh, there's other gift-giving opportunities too. And the more you give, the more you get. You know, one, one, of, one of my favorite quotes that I came up with myself is, if you're someone who wants to get, you need to be someone who gives. And, oh, wow. and inside a business, I tell my clients, you know, don't undercharge because if you don't get what you should get from your clients, you won't give what you should give. But on the other hand, if you don't give what you should give, you won't get what you should get. So wow. that, that statement cuts both ways. So, Mark, we like to end off each episode by asking you as our expert guest to tell us what your top three expert action steps are for our clients to take their life and their business to the next level. What say you? Uh, I love it. So I'm ready. I, I was jotting down, if there's someone who loves to get, be prepared to give. Okay. I, I had that last little segment. I, your your listeners get to hear you each and all the time and and uh, every week. And, and I just grabbed that right there because that's good. You are lucky here at, at the Thought Leader Revolution to have Nikki hosting these calls. Let me give you three things that I have applied over and over again going from entry level 
literally John Maxwell not knowing my name. People would have to whisper my name to him when I had just outsold everybody else for an event or something to where now I'm single handedly the person that travels the world with John Maxwell more than anyone else. In fact, Margaret, his wife, sometimes calls me the other woman because I am, <laughs> I, I am with John all the time. Wow. And and get to meet this just in the past year and a half. I've met with 10 presidents, prime ministers, heads of countries, heads of state as a part of what I get to do. Met with some of the top business minds in the world in the last 12 months. My point in saying all of that is what I do today is what I did 18, 19 years ago when I started with John. And it goes under this banner, Nikki, outgrow yourself, outgrow yourself. Now, that's not one of my top three. That's just the overarching canopy under these three. Outgrow yourself. If you're the smartest person in the class, you're in the wrong class. If you're not learning something different today than what you knew two weeks ago, you're stale. You've got to be outgrowing yourself. Therefore, yourself cannot be your source. You've got to have podcasts. You've got to have things. John Maxwell, Nikki, you've got to have people around you that stretch your thinking. Leaders are readers. You said that earlier. Outgrow yourself. The first thing that I have done constantly since I was 33, so, so 17 years ago, somebody on John Maxwell's organization challenged me to say, what is your growth plan? And, the, and, I, and I developed a growth plan, which was really the books that I read, the places I go, and the people I'm asking to pour into my life, my mentors. And I was very intentional with that, but that was not enough. The next year, I got a word for the year. And that, that year, that word for the year, every book that I read, every place that I went to from, an, from a growth standpoint, and every person I asked to speak into me was centered around that word. So but I became more intentional since that third year in, I now grow myself based on what I call a life plan. I have a business plan. I have a life plan. I have a financial plan. I have a relationship plan. I have a plan because here's what I know. I've got to know where you're going. The worst thing could ever happen is to get where you're going and not know that you, you got there. Because you need to know where you're going. And so with everything, what are you going to do? Why are you listening to this podcast? What is your plan to put it into action? Know where you're going. The second question that I challenge myself all the time, the second thing I challenge in myself all the time is I challenge growth. I mentioned to this and the canopy outgrow yourself. But how do I challenge growth with a personal growth plan? I bring, you mentioned your wife, Teresa. I bring Stephanie, my wife, up to a year in review every year. She is the chairman of my personal advisory council. That's good. And, and Stephanie comes in and she looks at my growth plan and she reviews the previous year's growth plan and she signs off on whether I am challenging myself to grow over the coming year, over the coming period. I am passionate about growth in my life. And I'm even more passionate about it being challenging, not stimulating, but challenging. It needs to make you gulp. It, may, it needs to make you feel a little nervous energy that you may not make it. In other words, that kind of growth. And then the third thing, it's uh, one of the top things I've learned from John Maxwell. It's a third component of how I have accelerated success and its own intentionality. 
It's intentional. You know why I'm here on this on this podcast today, Nikki, is because I believe we're supposed to be doing something together. I didn't just come to share and hopefully help a few people. I came to really find somebody that's doing something very intentional with Thought Leader Revolution, and I want to be a part of that. Each and every day, there is a level of intentionality that goes into my schedule, that goes into my activity to make sure that it's on point with growing beyond myself. So know where you're going. Be extremely passionate about clarity and certainty. Challenge growth in your life, and therefore that will bleed over and give you credibility to challenge it in others around you. And then finally, intentionality. Be intentional even in relationships. As I come home every day from the office when I'm in town, I travel quite a bit. There's a, there's a gas station seven minutes from my home. And when I see that gas station, I cut off the radio, I end my phone calls, I don't pick up technology, and I start getting my mindset into going into my home environment and making a memory that only I can make. Hmm. In other words, it's intentionality. I am going to make sure that when I walk into an environment that warrants time out of my schedule, that that would demand of me to give my best to that environment. Mm-hmm. And so it's that level of intentionality that's been a huge part of going from the stock room to the corner CEO office as well. Wow, man. I I got to tell you, Mark, this has been one of my all-time favorite interviews. Um, I want you back. I, I, I think we should have you and John back once together because <laughs> I think okay. that'd be pretty powerful. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I want you back if you'll come back because there's, there's just so much more to say. I, I know that you've got a hard stop. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but it's a, it's been a real pleasure having you on, my friend. It really has. It's been a real pleasure for me too, Nikki. Thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for the books and the content you've put out there. Thanks for what you're doing with Thought Leader Revolution. I'm proud to be a part. Oh, God bless your heart. And, and, and listener, this, 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 this show has probably had you think going, wow, man, Mark is awesome. He's the real deal. Oh, my God, I love his story. And you're thinking to yourself, can I live my life to be the best version of myself the way that Mark has done? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. The best way for you to do that is go to our website. Go to eCircledAcademy.com. There are two buttons that you want to push, not at the same time, but at different times. The first one is to watch the webinar masterclass that we've put together. This masterclass is designed to help you see what's possible for you. What are the six things that you could put into action right away to help you take your business, to help you take your impact to the next level? And the second button is about jumping on a phone call with myself or a member of my team Click on that button. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, if you're serious, if this is the time and you are ready, go ahead and do that. There is absolutely no cost to doing so. We're going to give you 45 minutes of our time. We're going to have what we call a success call with you to help you create a powerful success plan to take your life and your business to the next level. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Mark Cole, 
go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Go pick up 10 copies of Leadership. Go and get a copy of the, the digital information that Mark talked about. Make sure that you use it. Make sure that you spread this information far and wide to everyone within your circle. Because as the great John Maxwell said, teamwork is what makes the dream work. And this is going to help you make your dream work. Until next time, goodbye.